ladies and gentlemen. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 112 of the Joe Sweet Wrestling Podcast. That's indeed back and better than ever, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to hop into this thing. You can find me at linktr.ee slash Pod on Twitter as well at Pod and at OMG. Corey B. So I'm not going to waste any of your time. We are going to hop right into the laughs of the week. And ladies and gentlemen, one of the better segments on Monday Night Raw, Nia Jax. (laughs) And uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Hilariously great segment. I won't get into all of it. We're just going to hop into a minute here. All video credit goes to WWE. So we're going to hop into this thing right now in three, two, one. Let's go. So we have Nia Jax, we have Shane the Bass. I want you to keep your eyes on the black security guard. Look at the brother, bro. He's all tough and bad now, but you got the toehold on throwing him. And he's like, no, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. I tap out. I don't want to see it. And now we have Carrot topping the ring. He's going to be the Karen. He's going to stop everything here. And he's like, no, I'm going to take the Karen this. And he gets this for his troubles. Laid out, punched to the gut. And now look at him. He's getting stripped right now. He can't see. He's legally blind. He has on a black white beater in the ring. And now he's just getting made a fool of. Now he's just crawling around, flopping around like a fish out of water. Flopping around like Vince McMahon after he took a stunner. He's just going to get a kick for his troubles right out of the ring. And towards the end of the segment, we have Shayna Baszler hopping back up on the apron. And Nia Jax is like, you know what? Take some of this with you as you go to the down to the floor. So that's the end of that segment. I thought that segment was just hilarious. I love every bit of it. And speaking of hilarious, go move into the last part of the laughs of the week. Stephanie McMahon. Look, she tried to thwart Sasha's plan. She didn't want to ask the Raw Women's Champion, but guess what, Stephanie McMahon? Sasha Banks, when when you took the title away from Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks had a dream that she hadn't made it. And now that she's two belts Banks, there's nothing dragging down her now. Because Steph, Sasha just put Stephanie out all the way. A-A-A. Sasha was destined to break in. She found a way yeah. Now ain't nobody going to take it. Because Sasha just pushed Stephanie out all the way. A-A-A. I hope somebody gets that reference. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of Sasha Banks, we're going to hop into the big topic of the week. I put this out on Twitter. I said, what are your thoughts on Sasha Banks and Bailey holding all the gold in WWE? And got a few responses first from the Get Show Comedy Wrestling Podcast at Get Your Podcast. Check those dudes out. They are great. They said, mixed. But if you're going to have two wrestlers having all the belts, it should be the best two wrestlers in that division for those shows. And right now, it's Sasha and Bailey, and we're Oscar fans. Well, I got two points here. First of all, I will say... Speaking of Asuka, I think she's the best wrestler in the world, but I'm going to assume you guys are talking about overall here. I'm going to agree, actually, with the point that, look, if you're going to have 
two women holding the belts, it might as well be them two because they're the best thing going in WWE. Moving on. Thank you guys for chiming in and check out their podcast. Moving on to the next uh, answer. We got Just Sir 37 He said, it's intriguing and I appreciate how it allows them to be themselves and have fun. You get the best heels that way sometimes, just my opinion. Uh, they very much remind me of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Those guys were two naturally funny guys. You put them together and they were just comedy gold. I don't know if Sasha and Oscar, Sasha, excuse me, and Bader are two naturally funny gals, but you put them together and they are comedy gold. They are funny. They are hilarious. They bring out the best in each other. And I totally agree with you there. Moving on to Greg Cherry Brand. He said, love it. They're the best part of WWE right now. I totally agree. I got Sasha Banks as the MVP of WWE. I put a video out on that as well. You can find it on Twitter on Periscope as well. Will so moving on to Eric Sully, he said, Now they happy. I guess this is a reference to when the reports came out that Sasha and Bailey were uh, crying on the floor after losing the titles at WrestleMania. I'm not sure, I never really believed that story, but I'm gonna say they're very happy now. Moving on to Ghost of Juicin KY. Oh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He said, It isn't a bad idea, but just bad in execution like TNA levels of bad in regards to Sasha and Oscar stuff I understand where he's coming from like the the way that it went down the endings to the match were not very enjoyable so I totally get where he's coming from with that and I'm gonna hop into that right here right now first of all thank you everyone for your questions i uh, feel free i'll try to make this a weekly thing the topic of the week and i'll drop you guys twitter handles every single week keep on chiming in moving on to sasha and oscar further into it shall i say the matches have been incredible but the endings have left a lot to be desired for like, you, when you look at the recent ending on Monday Night Raw, there were some that had the opinion of, well, they protected Asuka, so it doesn't really hurt her. I am of the mindset that you can have a definitive result and still protect someone. Like, give me the old school, ref is out, heel grabs the title belt, nails the face over the head, ref comes back to... Hill gets the three count and the face is protected and we have we still have what is considered a great match. The endings at Extreme Rules, the endings on Raw really took away from what was tremendous action. So like, I, yeah, I got a big problem with that. As for Sasha and Bailey holding all the gold, I want to say that, you know what? I don't have a big problem with it. But someone else really needs a shot at Wrestle, excuse me, at SummerSlam. When you look at both of these divisions, they're being held up and you look, you look at the Raw division, not much going on outside of Sasha and Bayley. You got Nia Jackson, Shayna, they're trying to do something. So I appreciate that. But someone else could have used the slot outside to, to face either Sasha or Asuka at SummerSlam. Nevertheless, I think we're going to get a fantastic matchup at SummerSlam. I really think this needs to be the end of the feud. I think there's going to be a Sasha Asuka 3 at SummerSlam. And speaking of that, if there is, look man, a lot of people are saying bring back Kana, whom Asuka was before. And like, I'm, I'm here to say 
give me. I'm not familiar with that character uh, back before she got into WWE, but the character that I am familiar with, give me the Asuka that choked out Bailey at that takeover. That was the first time where I looked at Asuka and I was like, this is a bad sister here. And like she, she instantly became one of my favorites then. I want that Asuka back. So hopefully we get that, we get that Oscar back. I'm, I'm hoping that we get that. Another thing that I'm hoping for as we move on, Big E, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he had a segment with Kofi Kingston last Friday night on SmackDown. Kofi Kingston gave him the go ahead to jump into the singles division. And that started a lot of talk about Big E, either the world champion or the intercontinental champion. So a lot of people said, you know what? I think he needs to be in the intercontinental division. And normally I would agree with you. But in this instance, Man, the World Championship on SmackDown needs some help, some resuscitation. So it is of my opinion that we should get the World Championship on Big E or at the least get him in the World Title Storyline because we got Braun as the champion and I am just not interested in Braun Strowman. They big showed him and now he's not interesting. I say we get Big E in there somehow, somehow. It doesn't necessarily, I'm not saying just throw him in there at SummerSlam, but this fall you need to build that man up and put the world title on him because Braun Strowman's not interesting. Even Bray Wyatt has lost momentum in no small part to his feud. He's not interesting. So you have a whole bunch of uninteresting at that world title. And Big E as a singles champ would be highly interesting. So I say go for it, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of the world title, Drew McIntyre, and uh, Randy Orton, that's going to go down at SummerSlam. I, I find this very interesting. This is a few that we all pretty much start coming. We knew it was going to come down to Orton. We knew it was going to come down to McIntyre. But I have a hot take. And that hot take is put the title on Randy Orton. Yes, I said that. Look, man, I love Drew McIntyre. But his reign has not been great. And it has nothing to do with Drew McIntyre. First... The pandemic, that's really hurt it. Second of all, the guys that they put him in the ring with, the heels that they put him in the ring with, they have not been believable, man. Like Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Lashley, they're great wrestlers, but we never believe that, you know what, they're going to win the title. I never could buy into that, and it's really hurt Drew McIntyre's reign. Now we have a Randy Orton who is believable, and he's been on fire. And normally, I'm the one... I'm definitely the one to say keep the title on the young guy. Let the old guy just have a great match and move on. But in this case, Randy Orton is very deserving. He's one of the hottest acts on the roster. So I say put the title on him. We can stretch this feud out for a couple of more months. And whatever happens from there happens from there. But in my opinion, yes, Randy Orton needs to be the champion. And I... I would go in all in on Randy Orton and see how it turns out. That is my take. Moving on to SummerSlam, or sticking with SummerSlam, excuse me. I saw quite the interesting report, man, from Mike Johnson. Said that WWE is reportedly considering holding SummerSlam on a beach or on a boat. Look, man, if this goes down, especially if it's on a beach... I'm going to get the hashtag going. Hashtag bash at the beach. 
You won't let me have WCW no more. I'm, I'm going I'm to fill it all in the WWF or WWE. Hashtag Bash at the Beach. That's what I'm going to call it. That's just me. I think it would be just absolutely insane. But insane enough to be great. To have it either on a boat or a freaking cruise ship. Like, <laughs> I mean, what do we have to look forward to? Uh, another SummerSlam in the empty arena? I say why not? I don't think they have anything to lose here. Personally, that's just my take on the situation. So, I say why not? Go for it. SummerSlam on a cruise ship. That would be crazy. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of things that are crazy, I'm going to move on to Alistair Black, man. Like, I don't like what's going on here. Uh, we had a report from Dave Meltzer said that Seth Rollins attack and post fight post and the post fight uh, beat down Alistair Black was written as an angle of injury and it is not a cover so like they wrote Alistair Black off of the storylines and it's been said that Vince McMahon is not a big fan of Alistair Black and I'm just here to say that man what is going on man I saw that and I said on Monday, I said, man, they won't even let Alistair Black make a decent run-in for goodness sakes. So, uh, look, another case of somebody coming up from NXT, great uh, character and getting into WWE and just failing. Like, it, it, it cannot be on those guys. It has to be something within the infrastructure of the business that's failing these guys. And, like, I, they have failed Alistair Black, and I'm very upset about it. This guy could be great, could be a world champion, has a world champion character, can go in the ring. He has all the tools. He has the look, too. And I just do not understand it. I'm very, I was very upset by that report. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, into some NXT. First off, ladies and gentlemen, they, 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 they work, they, they work, child. They ain't work me. They work child. Pat McAfee, Adam Cole. All right, they get into it. What was it? Last Friday, I think it was. And like, I thought the whole thing was funny. That's just me. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like, I didn't care whether it was work or not. I see Pat, to see Pat McAfee get it from somebody was just very hilarious for me. So like, I always thought that it was work. They put it on NXT and it's like, okay. Yep, they worked everybody. So we're gonna move in into the show. First up, we had Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae versus Tegan Knox and Io Shirai. Uh, this one got started very early, attacks early on, and it was a great match, man. Uh, Tegan Knox and Io Shirai picked up the victory. Io Shirai has a case for women's the, the, the greatest women's wrestler currently. Like she has a serious case for that. And whatever they go with at TakeOver for the Women's Championship, I cannot wait to see. I think it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. And speaking of phenomenal matchups, we had Johnny Gargano versus Riley Rich. Riley Strong. Johnny Gargano picked up the win in what was a fantastic matchup. But I'm here to say this. You really should have held off that match. Like, that could have, or at the least. Yeah, you should have held off on the match. That match could have been at TakeOver. That match could have opened a TakeOver. And they just ran it on NXT. And it was a phenomenal match. Don't get me wrong. 
the multiple reversals that I saw in that match is just tremendous stuff. You just don't get a chance to see that every week. So I absolutely love the match. Johnny Gargano gets the win, but I really think that, or really thought that it should have been at a takeover. Moving on, we have Mercedes Martinez versus Shotzi. Ah, I saw this match, and as they were both coming out, I said, you know what, man, Mercedes Martinez needs to dominate here. She needs to look great here, and she did. She completely dominated the match, and the Robert Stone brand is on the come up. Thank goodness, because they were making that guy look like a complete joke. So, he has a client, Mercedes Martinez, picks up the win, and you know what? Mercedes Martinez, they can continue to build her up and build her up. And eventually, she's going to be ready to get into that world title picture. And I will be very interested to see how that goes down. So moving on to things that I'm very interested about. Keith Lee cut a promo. And he wanted him some killer, some carry-on cross. Excuse me. Ah called him out in what was Keith Lee's, one of Keith Lee's better promos of his entire time in NXT, just to me. Might be his, you know what, I'm going to say that was his best NXT promo since he's been there. And I'm all on, on, on the edge of my seat, I'm like, okay, Harry on Cross is going to come out, let's get this on. And Cameron Grimes comes out, and he takes a beat down. That leads to Scarlett Bordeaux coming out, had my attention again, and Killer Cross comes on the screen. He says everyone will suffer. He wants his title shot. I mean, Keith Lee said, you name the time, you name the place. This has been the best built feud in all of wrestling. Not just WWE, NFC, AEW, Impact, whatever. I think in all of wrestling, this has been the best built feud. And like I said last week, they've put themselves into a corner. Somebody has to lose here. Neither guy can afford to take a loss. We'll see what happens. Moving on, we had Imperium versus Everrise. Imperium picked up the win, but the match was not the story here. The story was the Undisputed Era coming out of nowhere, laying out. Uh, Imperium and the Undisputed Era is back, apparently. After taking a string of losses, maybe we see the Undisputed Era dominating again. I, I don't want to see them around titles anytime soon, but it looks like they're building their way back up to the tag titles. We'll see how that turns out uh, in the future. So, moving on, we had Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas in what was a really good matchup. I really thought that. From an in-ring perspective, NXT was the better show last night. That's just me. And this was a phenomenal match. Atlas had a top rope spot in this match that was just insane. Ah, that I absolutely love. At the end of the day, Swerve Scott picks up the win. And, like, I would think Swerve Scott needs to be in a more prominent position. That's just me. The guy's phenomenally talented. We'll see what they do with him going forward. Move on to the main event. We had Thatcher versus Loomis versus Bella in the triple threat. And I gotta say that, you know what? Last week, they went with the surprise. And, like, I figured this week it was, oh, they're gonna go with Balor. They're gonna go with the, the, the safe choice, and we're gonna move on from there. And, surprise, surprise, 
Dexter Loomis picks up the victory and in what was a pretty decent matchup, I enjoyed it, but I am very surprised that they did not go with the obvious choice and like this ladder match is shaping up to be very unpredictable, man. So we'll see how the ladder match turns out at TakeOver. The triple threat was a very good win. I'm not going to say that. You know what? I'm going to call it good. I'm not going to say that it was as good as the triple threat match that we saw last week. Not by any stretch of the imagination, but good enough to be in the main event. Moving on to some AEW, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, we go with AEW first, but that's eh, surprise, surprise, something different this week. Moving on, we had the Inner Circle uh, versus the Jurassic Express and the Best Friends. Big old 10-man tag. And, like, this is going to be a running theme for me. And uh, this review of AEW, this is why I said I feel like NXT was the better show last night the matches just did not captivate me and this match in particular didn't really captivate me we had some cool spots but it got too spotty like at one point it was like you're just waiting around and spot 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 after spot after spot after spot and i understand it's a 10-man tag so you know with that many people in the ring it's gonna tend to get like that when the match breaks down i get it but too many spots for my liking and then we have the wwe um finish where the music hits and the person who's in the ring in a match completely becomes the dumbest person on the face of the universe oh let me look to the stage in the middle of the match while somebody else's music is playing like that is so dumb to me Nevertheless, Jurassic Express, best friends, pick up the victory after Matt Hardy. Uh, give the assist to Matt Hardy, shall I say. Moving on, we had Cody versus Warhorse. I was very excited uh, that Warhorse got his chance. We had the Cody Fears Warhorse hashtags going all around on Twitter for like weeks now, if not months. And he got his chance and... I like the character, the match overall for me, this was another one that I just could not get into. Like, I already feel that the Cody Open Challenge at this point is, it, it's starting to wear thin for me. Because at the end of the day, just like the John Cena Open Challenge, it's going to be John Cena wins. And here, it's going to be Cody wins. So I never buy into the near falls. In this matchup so that makes the matchup very tough to get into i never really felt like this match really picked up a lot cody got the win but the match didn't really connect with me after the match dark order comes out they're 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 attacking cody and that brings down matt cardona he debuts he lays out the dark order they're always punking out the dark order i don't like that but matt cardona looks incredible man and you know what? I hope he gets a chance in AEW because the guy was really over at one point in WWE and they just did not care. So I hope the best for him. Moving on, we have the FTR contract signing. And on freaking Anderson was there. And look, man, what we got was a decent segment. Hangman Page comes in. 
and he has the drinks and FTR signs the contract and they are continuing to tease this four horsemen stuff left and right man that's just me I see four horsemen teases left and right they're continuing to build it up build it up build it up and I love it love it love it I cannot wait to see where it goes moving on after that we had Stu Grayson Evil Uno versus Hangman and the Mega for the titles this was another one match that just did not connect for me like the dark order i couldn't this is another one where i couldn't really buy into the near falls because i never really thought that you know what they're gonna put the titles on the dark order i couldn't imagine it now what i will say is that they let the dark order dominate most of the match so i can appreciate that Stu grayson and evil uno looked pretty good in this one so i appreciate that one but the finish Dark Order is dominating the whole match. We get pretty much, well not the whole match, the majority of the match. And at the end we get one V-triggered, one finisher, and the match is over. Like, just like that. Hangman and Omega picks up the win. Like, I didn't like that. We could have had a build up to the finish. That's just, hey, that's just me. But, the tag team champions are retained and we're all just on the edge of our seats waiting for them to break up. When when is that gonna happen? We don't know. So Brody Lee cuts the promo. He talks about Omega's friends being at ringside, Bucks were at ringside, and the Dark Order once again. They uh, come out and they're surrounding the ring. FTR comes down. They save the day, and the Dark Order is punked out again. We'll see how this FTR thing works out with the rest of the tag teams, but I, I really don't like what they do with the Dark Order. We're going. We had Diamante versus Sheeta. It was a slow moving match for me, another one that I didn't really get into. I'm very happy that Diamante got her chance. I absolutely love her in the ring. I like me some Sheeta too. Holy Sheeta. Uh, is it a match that I would like to see in the future? Sure. Sheeta picked up the win, but this match, another one that, that I didn't really like. That's just me. So we had Nyla Rose in backstage and they're talking about this tag tournament which they're gonna do Monday, they're completely rushing into this tag team tournament. That's just my take. All of a sudden, Ariane Cameron comes out of nowhere and she's gonna be teaming with Nala Rose and this brought out a lot of opinions on Twitter and I'm just here to say this. Look man, Cameron was never the one that I really got into. Naomi was the one that always shined the brightest when it came to the Funkadactyls. And I never, I never got into Cameron, but I'm here to say this. Let's give her a chance. Like, who knows what she's been doing all this time. Maybe she's been working her butt off in the ring to come back and improve. So let's give her a chance here. I, I'm going to give her a shot. And we'll see how it turns out. It's just that the tag team tournament, they're rushing into it way too fast for me. Way too fast. MJF had an address in what was the segment of the night said Moxley was not his champion, called him Dictator John, called him a wannabe Steve Austin without saying it. This was one of MJF's best promos since he's been in AEW. It almost felt like a face promo because it, made you, it, it kind of made you want to cheer for MJF a little bit. At the end of the day, man, look, this guy, um, I think if, if, if I'm not mistaken, still number one in the rankings. So he deserves the shot, either number one or close to it. He deserves the shot. He's been deserving of a world title shot. 
Uh, that's gonna go down MJF versus Moxley. I cannot wait to see how that turns out. The promos between those two guys will be incredible. So moving on to the main event, we have Moxley and Darby versus Starks in Cage. And we're looking around for Darby Allen. We're looking around for Darby Allen. He's to coffin drop on the stage. And this match, it was a no DQ match. And, you, and for me, I'm thinking, okay, there's Moxley, there's Darby. This is going to be an outlandish match. I mean, I know it's on network te television, but still, I thought it was going to be an outlandish match. It wasn't really an outlandish match. Outlandish match, excuse me. Uh, we had the thumbtack skateboard. I appreciated that for violence. Moxley and Darby picked up the win. It didn't really live up to the ex crazy expectations that I had. Maybe my expectations were too high. That's on me. One thing I didn't like the finish. Moxley has uh, Cage in an armbar again. And Cage is really made to look weak there once again. That's just my opinion. That was a small thing that I caught that I didn't like. So that was the end of AEW, ladies and gentlemen. For me, it was a decent AEW show, but far from my favorite. That's just my take on the situation. But still decent enough to enjoy on a Wednesday night. So that is the Two Sweet Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the show. Feel free to hit me on Twitter at Two Sweet Pod and at OMG Korea.